Welcome to Books of Titans. I'm Jason Staples, together with Eric Rostad, and this podcast is dedicated to the influences of influencers, the books that have helped shape prominent inventors, business leaders, athletes, intellectual scientists, and others. And we'll talk about what makes these books so important and influential, and at least attempt to have an intelligent discussion about these important works. Hello, this is Eric Rostad with the Books of Titans podcast. This week, we have a special episode. It's uh, actually an interview that I did earlier this year on a podcast called Good, the podcast for those that do. And I was questioned about the project, why I got started, how got started, all those sorts of things. So I thought it'd be a good break in our book reviews to, to let you learn more about the genesis of this project. We will be back next Friday w- with uh, the book uh, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. So I hope you enjoy this week's special episode and look forward to, to being back with you again the, the following week. Hey, everybody. It's DeFran, and we got another great episode for you tonight. It is Eric, the mastermind behind Books of Titans. Uh, as many of you know, we've referenced Tim Ferriss in the past as uh, someone that we follow. Uh, if you haven't checked out his podcast, uh, Tim Ferriss has a great podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and so on and so forth that debunks the ticks, daily habits, and routines behind those who are highly successful in their craft. Uh, and Eric took a book, which Tim just recently released, called Tools of Titans. And Eric took 52 books from Tools of Titans and is going to read them in 52 weeks. So he's going to read a book a week. Uh, some of these books are about 700 pages long. Um, others are, are much shorter. But nonetheless, Eric is taking on a tall task of reading about a book a week versus someone like myself who thought reading a book a month this year uh, was a good task. And uh, so he's definitely making me feel like my uh, I set the bar pretty low. Um, that being said, we're definitely excited to find out um, how he goes to go about this, why he planned uh, to do that um, as his goal, uh, what he's learning from this as he goes on, the reasons he chose. I mean, there's an order. Uh, if you check out his website, you'll see an order uh, of which he's reading these books so you can follow along with him. Uh, but without stealing any of his thunder uh, or going into too many details, I really look forward to this talk, and I think you're going to really enjoy it. So without further ado, we got Eric from Book of Titans. Books of Titans. Welcome to Good, the podcast for those that do. Uh, this is Mike Shimon. I'm here with Tom Cristino and Mike D. Francesco, as always. Uh, we've got a pretty good guest for you tonight uh, that we'll we'll kind of get to in a minute here. But uh, D. Fran, why don't you go ahead and talk about the last couple episodes of Hammer? Hammer series has turned the corner, and we're now towards the latter the latter stages of of the series. And for those just catching in now, maybe this is your first episode. I wouldn't necessarily say you have to go back and watch and listen to all three, uh, but I'd recommend you do because we, we came across some pretty cool, cool candidates. So in, in the hammer and the H part of it, which was hustle, uh, we talked to Justin Eaton, 
uh, Rick, Rich Bray, as well as our very own newly added to the podcast, Tom Cristino, and highlighted hustle, what makes them hustle, where they get their hustle, how they drive, and so on and so forth. Uh, and then we positioned and, and went on to ambition, uh, where we got, a, I'd say, one of our, our best interviews yet with Brian Turner. If you haven't checked out that podcast yet, I, I definitely advise you to go at least listen to a piece of it because uh, Turner uh, really got into some awesome stuff, and he's just a fun guy to listen to and talk to. Uh, and we did our own for mentality. Shivo the, uh, and, and, Chris, and Tom and I sat down and talked about mentality and how you're with that every day. And I thought towards the end of that, when we got to the quotes, uh, the one that Tom, Tom rattled off from Coach Taylor uh, back in uh, Friday Night Lights is success isn't a goal, it's a byproduct. And I wrote that down uh, because I think everyone is achieving for success and expects to get success, but it's what you pour into it is a byproduct of what you get out of it and how successful you become. So with that, it leads us to our episode tonight with uh, Eric and Eric, how, how, is it Rolstad? Is that how you pronounce your, your last name? Uh, Rostad. Rostad. Italians are notorious for having names that are really difficult to pronounce and as well as uh, butchering other pronunciations of those names. So I apologize for, <laughs> I apologize for that. But uh, Eric is taking on a, a pretty tall task uh, for some, which is to read 52 books in, uh, in the course of 52 weeks. Uh, dedicated each of those to uh, Tim Ferriss's books, Tools of Titans, in which Tim Ferriss, for those of you who have listened to this podcast, know how much Shivo and I liked him. Um, we've been able to also read that book. And in it, he references many different books, such as Things They've Carried, Old Man in the Sea, so on and so forth. Uh, Eric's going to read all, all, read all of them and take you through that journey, as well as, as release a podcast on it, which I'm sure we'll touch on. So um, without further ado, uh, I'll, I'll tee it over to Tom to, to kind of go through that outline and, and, and what we're going to talk about there. Yeah, thanks, Mike. I really appreciate it. And, and as Mike said, uh, he kind of teed up Eric a little bit there and what Eric's doing and, and kind of how we found him. But let, let's go back to the, the acronym of HAMMER. And, and I know you rattled off the, the hustle, ambition, and, and the mentality. But but tonight is motivation, right? And we decided to include motivation as part of the Hammer series because motivation is an interesting concept. To me, there are two forms of motivation. Uh, the first is what are you motivated to do? And the second form of motivation is what is the source of that motivation? And what I mean by that is an individual can suddenly be motivated to, let's say, eat healthy, maybe start going to the gym on a regular basis. That is what they are motivated to do. But where did that motivation originate from? Where, where was that spark? Maybe they looked in the mirror and said, oh, I don't like the way I look. Or maybe a conversation with a friend led to this new interest. Maybe they read an article on BuzzFeed, who knows? But understand motivation is twofold, how it started and what you are doing. And tonight, we're going to talk about motivation in all its glory, and we're really excited. And, and I think having Eric on and, and my two co-hosts, it's going to be a really great episode because I think motivation, you know, is not just this simple one-street concept. It's going to really, you know, evolve into all these highways and twists and turns, and, and I'm really excited to talk about it tonight. So, Shiva, why don't you, um, you know, tell us how you found Eric and, you know, why we have him on tonight. Yeah, so... Back before uh, we brought Tom onto the podcast as our director of communications, 
uh, I was doing a lot of the Twitter and the social media stuff, uh, and I don't remember exactly what I searched or how I came about it. I think I was trying to find people on Twitter that were followers of Tim Ferriss so that they could potentially become followers of our show. Um, and I was searching probably Tools of Titans, and then Eric, I guess, had tweeted something that was hashtag Tools of Titans, and I, and I came across his Twitter page, Book of Titans. And was just immediately intrigued by the idea because I think it's pretty ambitious to read one book a month. Uh, and he's trying to do, he's trying to do uh, one a week for a year. And I, I don't think there's many people out there that could say they've ever even tried to do something like that, let alone documented it in the way that he is with a full-time job and a family and all that. Um, and so I knew like, this is a guy we got to talk to. So I sent him a direct message and then emailed a little bit back and forth. And, and, you know, we're really, really excited to have him on the show. We think he's got a lot of really good insight. I mean, he's read, he's read probably more books this year than most people have in their whole life, uh, which is pretty impressive. Uh, and so, you know, Eric, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks a lot for being on here. Uh, why don't you just briefly tell us kind of about your, yourself, where you grew up, what you do for a living, that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. Thanks for, for having me on. I, I grew up in Minnesota and have been in Atlanta since I was 14 years old. So I'm uh, 37 now, so I've been in Atlanta for, for a good while. Uh, I spent my childhood in, up, up until the beginning of high school in, in Minnesota. So I, I live in Atlanta with my wife and uh, two-and-a-half-year-old daughter right now. I, I love challenging myself in a variety of different ways. Uh, I started playing music when I was very young. I started the violin when I was three, and uh, I've played a number of different instruments throughout the years. And uh, I'm, I also enjoy running, and just did my first marathon a couple couple days ago. So that was uh, that was pretty exciting. And I've always had a love of reading. I remember when I was a kid, I would turn the fish fish tank light on at night when my parents thought I was sleeping and, and I would uh, start reading books by the light of the, the fish tank. And so I've always, always had that love of reading, but it, it kind of disappeared in um, middle school, high school age when you're, when you're forced to read books. Uh, but in college, I, I got that love of reading back and have, have been an avid reader, reader since then. So the, the project that you came across on, on social media is, uh, I've called it the Books of Titans. And as you mentioned, it, it comes from the Tools of Titans book. And basically that book is just filled with short little snippets of interviews and, and podcast interviews that Tim Ferriss has done with, with high achievers. And in each section, he asks, he asks those people two questions. Uh, the first one is, what is your most recommended book? And what is your most gifted book? So what's the book that you would recommend that people read? And, and then what is the book that you buy most often to give as a gift to other people? And so when I was reading Tools of Titans, that, 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 I, I just love that idea because whenever I see online like a, a link to the top five books that Bill Gates recommends you read, I, I always click on those, no matter who it is. I, I love seeing what books influenced the, the influencers. And... 
So to have a, full, a book full of these book recommendations was just pure gold to me. That was my favorite part of, of Tools of Titans. And so as I was reading that book, I just started making a list of all the books that were being being suggested. And I took that list and then I narrowed it down to 52 of those books that I really wanted, wanted to read. I ran them through a randomizer, so just put it in a, a random order and then uh, decided to read one book per week for, for 2017. So that's kind of how that all came about. And it, it was funny, the very first book of the whole thing is called The Inevitable by Kevin Kelly. And he has a quote in the book where he says, life is short and there are too many books to read. Someone or something has to choose or whisper in our ear to help us decide. And I thought that was just a perfect introduction to, to why it is I was, I was actually doing this because there are so many books, there's so many blogs, there's so many things that we can consume. We, we need something to kind of narrow down those choices, and, and that's exactly what Tools of Titans did, and then I narrowed it down even even further, and then that's what I'm, I'm reading this year. <laughs> Man, so where to start? Um, I, I know where to start. Can I ask you how you're feeling after running the marathon this past weekend? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really sore. I, um, I, it, was, it was the first marathon I've ever run, and it was in Los Angeles. And so I went with my college roommate and we met a high school buddy of ours. So the three of us ran the marathon. Wow, that's crazy. It was the first marathon for all three of us. Um, one guy started running four months ago and just, just ran the marathon. And, and the other guy, is uh, he lives in L.A., and we ran together in, in high school, and I always looked up to him. He was, he was, he was the best runner on the team, and, and so it was really a, a neat opportunity to get, to get to run with him. But, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely sore. I've never experienced this, <laughs> this level of, of, uh, of pain. I mean, it's soreness, so it's, it's, uh, it's a good pain, I guess. But um, It's very but, yeah, inconvenient. It was, it was fun. It, it was actually very fun and a, and a great experience, uh, despite the the pain. Yeah. And did you have like an oh shit moment, like you're mile nine in, and you're like, whoa, I, I still got yeah, I still got I like a, like twelve more to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a couple. The, the first one came at mile twelve, and I've always said that running is ninety percent mental. Um, and especially in a long race like that, it goes to your head very quickly. I mean, you, you have to, there's something telling your brain to stop running and it's very strong. And so you've, you've got, you've got to over, overcome that mental barrier and, it, and it's really hard. I mean, you, you're, you're in pain, you're winded and you're at that point where you still realize you have a ton of miles left. So you really have to dig deep in these, um, these races and, and go deep into your, your mind. Uh, so mile 12, I had one of those those moments, and then um, from miles 20 to 22, I, I, uh, a few of my muscles in my leg actually started locking up to where I had to to stop and walk for for quite a quite a while. So I walked at four different points between miles 20 and 22, and then from miles 22 to 26, I was able to start running and finish strong. But um, yeah, I was really hoping to be able to run the whole thing, but I, I, I had to stop for those those few miles. So that was kind of frustrating, but um, but I, I still was able to finish. We on the good podcast would probably say to that, 
good. Now you can see <laughs> so, so Eric, let me ask you this. Uh, that mentality you just talked about with the running, when you, you hit mile 12 and, and you got exhausted and, and all these doubts started coming through your mind and you kind of said to yourself, I have to overcome this. Do you ever feel that way when you're reading a book where you might be halfway through it and you're kind of like telling yourself, eh, I'm not too interested. There's probably a good message later on in this book. I just haven't got to it yet, but I kind of got to get through these next few pages real slowly to finally get to that point. Like, does that, does that mentality ever kind of come into your book reading at all? Sometimes. And, and it's, it's funny. I've, I've come across articles recently where they say, if you hit that point in a book, just stop reading it. Um, because there are so many good books out there that if a book is really not speaking to you, um, don't feel bad about putting it away. I've, I've always felt bad about stopping a book before I finish it. And that may not be the, the right thing to do. I, I, I mean, for this project, I'm going to finish all 52 of the books. Uh, and and I, don't, I don't ever, like, stop a book after the first chapter. Um, I'll, I'll at least get, like, halfway through. But I, I think going forward in the future like if a if a book is not doing it for me i think it's okay to to actually say let's put this one away maybe maybe it's it's a better book for a different time and and then start on a on a next book uh because one of the other things i i've really noticed um in even in this project is it for instance i've already read two of the books that were suggested by tim ferris himself and I didn't think highly of those two books, but they they really impacted Tim Ferriss's life. So there's something to be said about reading the right book at the right time. And sometimes right. it's just not the right time for a book. Um, but with athletics and, 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 and running like a marathon, I, there is something about finishing it and, and, and not stopping. Um, and so I, they're a little different, and, it's, and especially with there being so many books out there, I, I'm getting more to the point where I'm okay putting a book down. Maybe it's a book for another time, or maybe it's just not the right book for me uh, in, in, in picking up another one. Which are the two books that Tim Ferriss recommended? Uh, was, was one Vagabonding? Yeah, yeah Vagabonding I knew, was... I knew um, Vagabonding was going to be weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and I think it would have been a good book for me right out of college. Like I uh, I traveled a lot at that time, so that would have been a good book for me because it's, it's about traveling and traveling wisely and and kind of getting rid of a lot of the myths out there that you have to have a ton of money to travel and that sort of thing. Um, and then the second book that he recommended was Buck Up, Suck Up, and Don't Follow Up, and that that's more of a political slash management book by James Carville and Paul Begala, and it, it, it was all right. I got some really good stuff out of it, but um, it wasn't like mind blowing, you know, but, but it really was for right. Tim and same with Vagabonding. I guess Vagabonding had a big impact on the four hour work week. Right. So um, yeah, I think, I think there's some other books on the list that, that Tim Ferriss has recommended. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, there, there, there are a few more later on. So maybe those will, will be better. But the two that I have read that, that were suggested directly by Tim Ferriss as, as part of this list um, were, were not my favorite ones so far. Yeah. And then, so just getting into Tim Ferriss as a whole, you know, do you remember when you first kind of heard about him, started following him, et cetera? 
Yeah, I um, I'd always heard about the four-hour work work week and and just uh, without you know reading about it, kind of thought it was a ridiculous thing. Um, so I never picked up the book until maybe a year or two ago, and I read it and it, and it was very helpful to me because I I have my own company, uh, so I do I work with with clients on their online presence. I work with universities, companies, and and international organizations, and I help them with their their overall online presence. And so it's just me, and there's a lot of of what I do that is based on my management of time. And so four-hour work week actually helped me to, to think through a lot of how I structure my week and, and maybe getting rid of, of things that waste time. So it, it, it was a helpful book for me in, in that sense. Uh, that's the only book of Tim's that I had read. And then I started listening to a few of his podcast episodes, uh, ones that, that were really like his most popular ones. Yeah, I was really enjoying those. I'm a big podcast listener, and I, I actually listen to my podcast when I run. So that's one reason that gets me out to do long runs is uh, knowing that I'll get to catch up on my podcast. Yeah. I was really enjoying his podcast, and then I he talks in, in his podcast about Tools of Titan. So when that came out, I got that and um, and was was interested in reading about that just because I was enjoying his his podcast episodes. But right. the thing I was not expecting is for for there to be all those book suggestions in the the Tools of Titans book, and and that's really where when I saw that I, I was really intrigued by that. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how I got into him. Uh, Dfran actually told me about him maybe like two years ago, a year and a half ago. S- started listening to the podcast, didn't get any of the books. Similar thought, four hour work week. That's not for me. I, I work in collegiate athletics which is all about working a million hours a week. Uh, but I really love the podcast and who he's talking to. And then the first book I got of his was actually, well, D-Friend, let me borrow uh, Four Hour Body. But I got Tools of Titans, and then I kind of backtracked, and then I'm right now I'm currently reading Four Hour Work Week, and then okay. I, I have uh, Four Hour Chef as well. Um, so, you know, I, I think he's a, he's a guy and he's been a big influencer within the podcast. D friends, a big Tim Ferriss guy. Uh, Tom is going to become a big Tim Ferriss guy. And, <laughs> and, you know, and so he, he's been a huge influence for us. Hey, I have a question for the followers and myself who haven't read the four hour work week. Can you give yep. us a little bit of, uh, some of the suggestions that, um, Tim Ferriss mentions, you know, how to, you know, cut out some of the, uh, you know, the untimely things in your week or, you know, let our followers know what they could, you know, potentially, you know, why they should pick this book up. Right. So he talks a lot about, so I'm, I'm currently reading it as we speak. So I just grabbed it. Um, but the, the piece that I read today was about the idea of having this 80-20 principle. You want to focus on the 20% of your work that's going to give you 80% of the results. And so he talks a lot about when he was coming up out with like jobs out of college, entry level jobs where he's cold calling clients. You know, I don't want to focus on the the 80% of my clients that are not purchasing anything. They're and if they are purchasing purchasing thing, it's small purchases. And to get that small purchase, 
I need to invest so much time just to get them to make a small order. And then he kind of was able to take a step back and realize that I've got a smaller percentage of clients that are consistently ordering larger, larger uh, orders and producing significant more of my like year, my monthly revenue. Uh, so he was able to cut cut the fat, as he said, and focus on less that produces more. Um, that's the biggest takeaway I have from it so far. I'm only about 100 pages in. Uh, so Fran or Eric, if you guys want to chime in. Yeah, one other quick thing that, that stuck out to me was his how he does email. Um, I know for me, email can become all-consuming and it can, can completely dictate my day. I, I just end up responding to emails all day uh, instead of uh, deciding to what I'm going to work on and then, and then putting aside big blocks of time to, to completely focus on those things. So one thing he does is, is just set one or two times per day where he checks email and that, that's it. He can't look at email any other time of the day. And he, he'll, I don't know if he still does this, but he would have like an email signature that said, I only check email during these days, uh, or I only take phone calls during these days and times. So what that did was allow him to just check email and then stop, t turn email off, and then really focus on what he was working on. And when you do that, that it, it really helps your, your workflow and you're not your workday is not dictated by everyone else. You, you're in control of what you're, you're working on. Um, and, and you still get to your emails. And what, what I found is funny is all of a lot of clients email me questions and then they'll figure out the answer in two hours. So when I do that, where I don't check email like all day long, I'll see an email from a client and then another email later on. Oh, don't worry about it. I've, I've fixed it myself. So a lot of times people can, can solve their own their own problems and it, it, it ends up not taking up your, your time. Um, so you end up spending less time on email and getting a lot more done. Eric, I'm going to let you know, I just went and counted the fact that I received 87 emails today and three of them had that lovely red exclamation point. So I, I am tomorrow, I am going to try to do what you're telling me to do right now, where I only check my email maybe once or twice a day, and we're going to see if I still have a job at the end of the day. So if I don't, I'm calling you up, all right, and you're going to have to pay me to be on your podcast or something, okay? Yeah, yeah, and it, it obviously depends on the, on the job. Like, I wouldn't have been able to do that in my previous job, uh, but if you do have a job where, you know, things are not life or death, and you can check, you know, if you check email two hours later than someone sent it and they're not going to freak out, then uh, then definitely that is that is a big productivity boost. Certainly. So, Eric, how, how did you get into Tim? Yeah, I believe it was from hearing the hearing about the four hour, hour work week and then. And then eventually reading that book. Right. When I when I really started enjoying. I mean, I liked, I looked at book. It wasn't anything like mind blowing or a huge, it's not like one of my favorite books before work week or anything. Uh, but, but his podcast, I, I really became amazed with his podcast. Um, two episodes in particular that I, that I thought were just brilliant were his interview of Cal Fuston. Cal Fuston's really good. Yeah, he did. He did two different in interviews with him, uh, kind of a two-parter. Right. And the first one. 
Yeah, and Cal, Cal Fussman is is the guy who inter, his his job is to interview people, and he's interviewed right. uh, Muhammad Ali, Nelson Mandela, right. and so he goes through and tells a lot of the stories of of how he got these interviews, how he prepared for them. Um, he would he would interview a boxer and and learn how to box so that he could box the guy he was inter, interviewing. Right. Um, just fascinating, and. I don't know. I, I, Tim Tim's a great writer, and he's got these famous books. But like, I think he really nailed something with his his podcast. He really has a skill for um, for the interview and, and getting into um, getting into someone's life and getting getting information from them that that they probably have never shared anywhere else in their life. Yeah, I I agree with that. He's he's doing it right, and and uh, and it's 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 hard to replicate. Um, but. But I mean, these shows are awesome. Eric, you said uh, you said that's not your favorite book. So let me ask you probably the question you hear all the time: What is your favorite book? I will. I'll limit it to the the books that I've read so far for the the Books of Titans project. Um, I actually have a blog post on the Books of Titans website where I highlight the the nine books that have influenced me the most in my life. Um, but the book so far from the, the reading list of the 52 books that I'm reading this year, the one that I've enjoyed the most is The Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien. And it's a book about the Vietnam War. Tim O'Brien, the, the author, was in the Vietnam War. And he writes this book in a way to where it almost seems like a autobiography of his time in the war. He, he actually puts himself in as a character in the book, uh, but it's not. It's not a. It's not a true fiction in 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 that sense of him retelling the story, but it's it's fiction. But the way he writes it, uh, it, it just, it was absolutely amazing. And, and it's broken up into different sections. The first section is uh, what the book is called, The Things They Carried. And it just goes through each member of, uh, of, a, of a battalion or a, a group of soldiers, and he, go, he highlights what they carried. And just to see through a soldier's life, to see a war through what did the soldiers carry with them. What were the mementos they carried? What were the weapons? You know, if you're going out to war and you're you're having to carry this stuff 20 miles a day, what what are the most important things that you're going to carry? And it was just an amazing way to to think about war and to look at war, and um, and then just the different sections of the book showed a lot of the absurdity of war, the fear uh, of soldiers, the bravery, and it was just it was unlike anything I'd ever read. And so of the books I've read so far for the, uh, the, the books of Titans list this year, that, that one has been my favorite. And I agree with you a lot. Um, we all had to read, we almost the same high school. Uh, we had to read this, the things that carried back when we were in our English class. Um, and it's one of those books that like, despite being a high school kid and just not wanting to read because they're making me, this was one of those books that that I read every single page of, and has always kind of stuck with me. Uh, mm. And I actually bought it a week ago to reread it uh, because I don't know. Uh, you have to be familiar with him, Jocko Willink. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. he's He I don't know if you listen to his podcast, but he did a podcast about the things they carried like two weeks ago, 
Um, oh, did he really? Oh, that's yeah. Cool. And so he kind of breaks it down and he talks about, you know, the things they carried, the things that, that Tim O'Brien highlighted, but then he also talks about the things that he carried and the things that his men carried when he was in Iraq and, you oh, know, wow. kind of teased out the similarities and the differences and, no, you know, the good thing about reading that book, too, is it did, like, it was a different book from the, from the normal book you were reading in high school. You know, we were used to reading Great Expectations and literally, like, going on our slow dial-up computers and reading the Spark Notes because we were just so bored. <laughs> but the things they carried was the book that you took home and you actually were excited to put down the Madden controller or, you know, not text your girlfriend at the time and, and actually read the book. And um, one of the guests that we're actually going to have on the podcast in a few episodes is that high school teacher that made us read that book she's um been doing a lot of other charitable things in the community she's got a really great um you know attitude towards a lot of cool things in this world and you know we were like hey you know let, let's have this high school teacher on because she's much more than that she was one of those teachers that inspired us and um i, I believe mike you're gonna have to help me out here because I, i'm gonna be a little forgetful but she the one day in class and it was towards the end of the book we yes. walked into her classroom and she had like blankets or sheets over the, the big windows. Yeah. The lights were out and no one said a word when we walked in the room and it was really, really, really quiet. And we all sat at our desks and none of us said anything. None of us took our phones out and none of us were ruffling through our book bags or anything. And she came up to the front of the classroom and I think she gave us like a writing assignment to like write about, you know, a letter to your loved one before you go to war or something yeah, like that. That's exactly and we all looked at each other mortified. We were scared because it like kind of the way she just made that room dark, it kind of gave you that realization like, oh man, like we have it good, you know, we're, we're almost spoiled. And, and here back then when the, what this book's about going to war and, you know, the things they carried weren't just their guns. It wasn't just the book bag, but it was that mental, you know, struggle of like, I'm going to war. I'm at war. Where's my family? What are my friends doing? And, you know, even just being in the classroom that was without lights, the windows were shaded and just having that eerie look between your classmates, that was enough to freak me out. And I couldn't even imagine like, I don't even want to put into words what it would actually be like to go to war. So yeah. it's definitely a good book, and I'm glad you brought that up, Eric, because, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a book that I'm going to put on my list to reread for sure. Yeah, yeah and that, that's amazing that you had that experience because high school for me, uh, the books that I read in high school turned me off from, from reading, yeah. um, and, it, and it took a little time to, to recover from that. So yeah. that's really neat that you had the experience where a book really spoke to you in, in high school, because I think a lot of people have the, the opposite when they're forced forced to read a book. Eric, I love how you keep saying the book speaks to you, and, and then you kind of said earlier, the book doesn't speak to you, just put it down. That's, that's not a big deal. Don't waste your time. So has there been a specific character in a book that has spoke to you? Um. For, for this list of books, there's only been a few uh, fiction books so far. Most of them have been nonfiction, so most of them are not character books. Um, but of the of the the books of Titans list so far, I'd say the character that uh, speaks to me the most is the the old man in the Old Man in the Sea by by Hemingway. Uh, I read that book during college and then just picked it up again now for for this books of Titans list. And uh, it, it is, it's such a short book, but it, the, the level of story and detail in that book is just amazing for, for such a small book. Uh, so I really enjoyed 
the old man and, and you, you hear his thought process uh, while he's, we, he's trying to, to bring this, this huge fish into his, his small boat. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really, I really like that old man. I, I spent a lot of time growing up with my grandfather on a fishing boat. And so the book makes me think of my grandfather and I, that's that's my favorite character so far. But again, there's only been a couple of fiction books so far. There, there's a lot more fiction books coming up, um, but there's only been a few so far uh, where where there's been been characters. I um I, I need to I need to read the Old Man in the Sea because I don't believe I have, and my it's one of my mom's favorite books, and she's recommended it to me. You're telling me that you're you're relating to the character. I. I you know, another reason to read it. And Mike, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the two books that we read in high school that were Hemingway were The Sun Also Rises and A, a Farewell to Arms. I think they were the two Hemingway books we read in high school. So unless I unless I just didn't read The Old Man in the Sea and I was a bad student. No, I think you're right. I don't think we had to read it. I know I have it. I read it back in grad school. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, you know, back then in high school, I wasn't really reading that often. I, I wasn't too into it. But so this is like the number one question I've had since I found out the whole I know what this is gonna be. <laughs> the whole books of this is like when, podcast. This is how Shivo set this up. He's like, dude, we gotta have this guy on the podcast. Wait till you hear what he's trying to do. <laughs> so uh I mentioned Jocko a little earlier. Uh his favorite book, the book that he'll tell anybody, this is the one you need to read is called About Face by Colonel David Hackworth. I own it. I have not yet tackled it. And it's over 700 pages, and you're planning on reading it in a week. How are you going to do that? Well, it's not as trick. <laughs> Eric, I really hope you have a good answer for this. All, all, all I'm saying is Shiva does not have faith in you. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not a strict one book per week. So I, I've been reading a lot more than than one book per week so far. A lot of them have been rather short. Okay. Um, so th- I'm probably averaging four or five days for every book right now. Uh, and there are some big ones coming up. Dune, Once an Eagle, and About Face are all coming up. Once an Eagle, I think, is 1,300 pages. Um, Dune is seven or 800. So yeah, there, there's some um, there's some big ones coming up. Uh, uh, Dune is actually 800, and then yeah, About, about Face is 875. Uh, but there's also some short ones. In there as well, in there, in there as well. So they're going to balance out. Right. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of trying to to get through these smaller books in a shorter amount of time, so that I do have two two or three weeks for for some of these larger larger yeah. books. Okay. That. But that's also what just to, to, <laughs> to put things in perspective too. One one reason I'm I'm doing this is is I read that Warren Buffett spends eighty percent of his working day reading and thinking. That's not 80% of his day. That's 80% of his working day. So nine to five, he's spending 80% of that time reading and thinking. There's, that's not meetings. That's not doing emails. That's reading and thinking. This is one of the richest men on the, on the planet, and he spends 80% of his day doing that, his working day. That, that's amazing. And he says he has to do that just to, to keep up to keep his mind fresh, 
to keep up with what's going on in the world. And if, if the richest guy in the world has time to spend 80% of his day reading, I should be able to get through at least a book a week. Tim Ferriss also talks about how much he reads. He reads one to three books a week. And I think when you look at some of these guys and, and what they've accomplished, I, I would have to point to the books that, have, that they've read and the books that have influenced them as, as a big reason for their, their success. Yeah, I agree 100%. And way back at the beginning of this podcast a year ago, uh, the first episode we put out was titled Why Read? And, you know, we, right, and that, right. that, that's how this podcast started was Fran and I would share books. We would talk about the same books over the phone and both listening to a lot of podcasts said, hey, do you think anyone would listen to this conversation? Uh, and so we recorded one and here we are today. Um, in that in that episode, we challenge our listeners to say, just do 10 pages a day. If you can start yeah. at 10 pages, you know, you'll get through a book in a month and, you, you know, you do that 12 times and you've read 12 books in a year, um, yeah. which, which I think is a really good starting point. Kind of what does your day look like now that you're, you're doing this project and, and how have you kind of planned out your schedule to allow for you to spend 80% of your working day or potentially 80% of your working day reading and thinking, like you said. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm definitely nowhere near 80%. And, and so I, yeah. I, my reading time is not uh, during the work day, but um, uh, outside of that. Uh, and, and this is actually the question that I get most often uh, about this project is when do you find time to read? And I, I always point to the, the article that says the average American spends four hours a day watching TV. And I, I don't watch TV. Um, I'll watch the occasional show with my wife, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't watch TV. And I, I work from home, so I don't spend any time in traffic uh, getting to and from, from work. Uh, so that those are two yeah. things where I'm, I'm, I'm I, I don't I'm not wasting a lot of time doing uh, sitting in traffic and, and watching TV. So I work for myself. So I I, I have the tax tasks that I need, need to do for each each day. But then um, uh, and I, I want to spend a lot of time with my my wife and, and child. And then it's usually when they go to bed, I will read after that. So I'll read for an hour or so at, at night. Um, when I'm eating meals by myself, I'm, I'm reading. Uh, I'll read on the weekends when my daughter is taking a nap. So I just kind of fit in whenever uh, whenever right. there's time time to read, and, and it actually adds up pretty pretty quickly, um, especially when you're getting rid of, uh, of of watching TV. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's that's the way you have to do if you're going to try to do something like this. Um... That's awesome. And sorry, uh, one, one, one other thing that, that I, I stopped for this year is, is I, I don't read the news. Um, I used to, to kind of be addicted to news where you just you know, want to see what's going on and that sort of thing. And um, I, I stopped reading the news this year. So that, that actually opens up a lot, of, a lot of time for me as well. Yeah. well Eric, uh, 
Eric, what uh, what books do you read to your uh, to your daughter? Because um, I, I'm assuming if you're walking around the house reading all the time, I'm sure she wants you to read her a book before she goes to bed. Uh, I personally was a Bernstein Bears kid, so <laughs> what books are you reading to her? Yeah, she loves uh, Madeline or Madeline. Uh, so she actually reads that one to us now. She has it memorized, but she she reads nice. that one to us. Um, so yeah, a lot of a lot of those types of of kids books. Uh, I just read her before this podcast. I read uh, Five Little Monkeys Jumping on the Bed. So she she's two and a half. So she's um, we're still working on on a lot of those uh, those uh, childhood story story books. The thing I'm really excited about reading to her is. Um, I don't know if you guys ever read the Chronicle of Narnia series by C.S. Lewis. Yeah, sure, sure. the movie. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, right? Yep, yep. So uh, I started reading one of those to her maybe six months ago, and I think it was a bit too much at that point. But um, you know, when I mentioned earlier that I that I used to read by the a fish tank light when I was a kid, I, I was I was reading those Narnia books. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to reading those to her in the near future here. Yeah, I think you have to be the right age to to, to catch some of those. Like, uh, oh, there was a there was another series, uh, like the terrible. Uh, I forget. It was a similar to that that I, I was like younger when I caught it, and uh, I remember I remember liking it like that. So that's awesome, man. It's a really cool story. Yeah, so Eric, I saw, I believe I saw this on your Twitter, and and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it was 17,000 pages, correct? Yeah, it's uh, 17,000. 17,067 total pages, and that that's for the um, the physical physical book. So that uh, that's one thing I'm I'm doing is I'm actually buying all the books. Uh, I I enjoy reading on my my iPad, but for this, I wanted to actually buy each of the books. So I'm keeping track of how much I'm spending on it. And, and I'm going to put that out at the end of it too, how much it, it costs. But I, you know, I buy the books on Amazon used. Um, some of them are $4. Some of them are, are $30, but um, I, I wanted to have the actual books. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed writing in them and um, taking notes and that, that helps me retain the, the information. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm reading the physical books and, and if I count all the pages of those, it ends up being 17,067. Uh, I'm no, I'm no math guru, but I think that's like 327 pages of books. So that's pretty impressive. I didn't just Google that either. Um, so, so let me ask you this too, Eric. I mean, from what I understand so far, you're loving this. You enjoy it. There's a lot to be learned here. Do you plan on doing this in 2018? Yeah, I, a couple of different ideas uh, for 2018. Uh, one is is to continue doing the Books of Titans. So I, I I just picked 52 of the suggested ones, and that was only from books suggested in the actual content of the, the book, the interviews. Uh, in Tools of Titans, in the, the very back of the book, Tim also lists all of the books that have ever been suggested or most gifted by his guests. So that's an even bigger list of books. And then Tim continues to release a uh, podcast uh, probably once or twice a week, yeah, one right, or two right. a week. And in each of those, there's some more book recommendations. So, I mean, I, we could keep going forever on this thing of 52 books a, a year just based on 
on the recommendations in uh, the book and, and uh, the new podcast. So that's one idea is to keep keep it going, uh, the Books of Titans. Uh, another idea, I, I love running, and um, there are a ton of running books out there. So I've thought about doing 52 books about running and um, creating a similar uh, web presence around it and, and reviewing each book after it's done and, and, and that sort of thing. So uh, one, one of those two things uh, for 2018, either a continuation of Books of Titans or moving to books about running. Sounds awesome, man. And uh, I thought that's how you're going to do it. You know, I knew that there had to be some short books in there that you were able to stack and, and do it quickly because we're looking at it saying there's only one of two things. Either one, maybe reading 52 books a year isn't really that much for you. Like, well, what did you read last year? How many books do you think you read last year? Um, I can look that up. I keep, I keep track of it on uh, goodreads.com. It's a good, uh, good place to connect. Sponsor. It's, yeah, it's a, it's kind of a social media platform based around books. So last year I read 35 books. Um, but yeah, mostly in like the 30, 20 to 30 range. So th this is a little bit uh, ambitious, but um, I don't know. I, I with with my line of work, I'm I'm a I, I'm really a consultant to my clients. And if I, if I don't have the latest information, if I'm not up to date on things, they can easily go to somewhere else. Um, I'm not an employee somewhere, so I don't have a set salary. Uh, my salary is $0. And if I don't go out there and get new business, if I'm not adding value to my clients, it's going to stay at $0. I have to work up from $0. I don't go into the job with a $50,000 salary or something and then just show up every day. So if, if I'm if I'm not if I'm not continually learning if I'm not getting new skills through reading uh, challenging my thinking then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep getting new clients I'm not gonna keep getting new business so that's one of the main reasons I I read um, I I also love reading but I I also love learning and and I love being able to share that knowledge with other people and helping them with their businesses. Um, and so a lot of the books on this books, of Titans things are uh, list are management books. They're, um, they're business books and they're excellent. I mean, I'm just getting a ton out of these books. So, um, it's really been a, a pleasure to read, read these books so far. What's one. So of, of the books that you've read, you know, I, I, I've, I've seen the list and a lot of them are nonfiction. Um, What's one message or goal um, or common thread that you would want to share with our listeners that you that was most impactful to you? Probably the thing I said before about there being certain books that are right at a particular time. Um, so it's right. like reading the right book at the right time. That's that's one thing that stuck out in the books. One other idea that's that I've actually seen woven through a lot of the books is the importance of time and the importance of spending that time wisely. It, it's it's been uncanny just how how often that has appeared. I'm, I'm on book number 17 so far of the 52 books, 
And that, that one theme of the importance of time, whether it's a fiction book or a nonfiction book, the, the importance of time and how fleeting it is and how important it is to, to spend it wisely and with people you love and, and doing work that is fulfilling, it, uh, that is something that ironically has, has filtered through, through a lot of these books even though they're so very different. Well, I love that, man. That is, uh, that is so true to it. But seeing it play out in both a fiction and nonfiction book and, and seeing it backed up, I, I, I believe it. And, and I, I would agree. Eric, I have a, a question. So I saw on your Books of Titan Instagram page that you had posted a photo of a library in, in Lyon, France. And you said earlier in the podcast that you used to travel in your youth. So I just got to ask you, what was the coolest library you've ever been to? Coolest library I've been to is at Trinity College in Ireland, in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, if you, you've probably seen a photo of it, it's a very famous, I mean, it's just, you know, stacked, stacked and stacked uh, books, old, old books in just a beautiful oh, wood gee, I'm looking at it now. It is library. definitely yeah. intriguing. <laughs> that, uh, that was pretty amazing to walk into that, that library. So that, that, that was my favorite. I also, uh, in undergrad, I, I spent a summer in Oxford, England, so at Oxford University, and uh, the libraries there are, are are pretty incredible as well. They're all all very old, and um, yeah, just just the the atmosphere, the smell, everything, and just just beautiful. But the the most beautiful one I've ever been to is is Trinity in in Dublin. So so Eric, you know, tying this kind of back to our good message as a podcast, and tying it back to motivation. As part of the Hammer series, I think bringing you on was such a, a great idea because I think we inspired some motivation for our listeners to go out there and read because within these pages, you find these quotes, you find these connections, and they can really help you in your life. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, one, one story I wanted to share was um, Tying it back to the to the marathon I just did in, in my buddy and, and tying it into to motivation. Uh, my buddy who just picked up a pair of running shoes four months ago for the very first time and then he just ran a marathon. Um, I gave him a, a book for his birthday last year in October, and the book is called Living with a Seal. Have you have you guys heard of that book? No, I have not. Uh, this neither guy. This guy went to run a relay race, a hundred mile relay race. So him and three of his buddies went to go run a hundred mile race. So each, each guy would run 25 miles. It was on a track and they got there and there was a guy who showed up by himself. He didn't show up with any other friends. So that, that meant that he, he was going to run a hundred miles by himself. And so th this, this guy ran the hundred miles by himself and, and, the guy who was the author of the book, who was part of that relay, he saw that and was just amazed by this guy. The guy ended up uh, breaking some metatussal bones in his, his feet, uh, was peeing blood at the mile 70 and still had 30 miles to go. And this, this guy finished the race. So he's like, what, what makes a person motivated to do that? 
and he found out that he that this guy was a former Navy SEAL, and uh, so he he asked him, "Would you live with me for 30 days? Would you live with me and my family for a month, on the condition that I will do whatever you tell me to do?" So that's the the premise of the book. This guy invited a Navy SEAL to live with him for a month and do whatever he asked him to do. I think I have and heard of this. It it was it was funny. It was a really funny book, but then it. I read it like spring of 2016, and after reading that, I started getting up in the mornings and, and going out on runs. Um, I used to run a lot, but like I, I started making it more of a daily habit. And there was just something about the book that was was very motivating. Uh, so I enjoyed the book, and I gave it to I gave it to my best friend for his his birthday. Not not thinking too much about it. My, my best friend, his father was a Navy SEAL, so I thought he would get a kick out of that. And then um, I, it was just an enjoyable book to read. Well, my best friend read that book, and he started running. And, and, and all the way up to two days ago when we, when we did the, the marathon together, his wife read the book, and she started running. She's doing a half marathon in Nashville in, in a couple months. And so there's always, I guess for me with books, there's always this possibility that a book is going to do something like that where it completely altered my best friend's life. One book, he read one book and now he's running marathons four months later. I mean, it, the, the, the power that a book can have, and, and I've seen it through a, a number of different books in my life. So there, there's almost this expectation I have of, of reading a new book that this could be the next one. This could be the one that, that really changes just one small thing in my life, but that has a tremendous impact, whether it's how uh, my relationship with my wife, whether it's uh, my relationship with God, whether it helps me to be a better, better father, uh, a better runner. It motivates me to, to, to work harder. Um, all these things are possible in books, and, and so I think it's really important to read read the good books and to set aside the time to, to do that. So, Eric, just to kind of allude back to the very first thing I said about motivation, because, you know, I, I feel that it's this, this twofold kind of concept where, you know, what are you motivated to do and what is the source of that motivation? And from the sounds of it, your friend and now his wife – what they're motivated to do is run. And the source of that motivation came from a book that you gave him. And I love that. That that that's perfect. Am I right? Like that you you gave a book to your friend and look at the repercussions of it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I it, it was really cool. I mean, it, it had a, it influenced me, but it, it uh, to pass it along to someone else and have it influence them in a similar way, but even further to where, uh, I mean, he's completely, it, it's completely changed a lot of things in his life. And that's, that's the thing, you know, you, you make a change like this, you make a change of, I'm going to set, I'm going to set aside time to read. Well, maybe you stop watching some really crappy TV you've been watching and now you're, you're actually filling your brain with, with good things. My buddy, by starting to run, he, he changed his diet. He changed uh, his times of sleeping. And so it's, it's like you, you start doing a small thing like starting to run, and it, 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 it has all these other impacts on your life. He's healthier. He feels better. He used to wake up with tremendous back pain. He doesn't have that back pain anymore. Um, 
and it, it's all and, and that has more to do with his diet but his diet was a result of starting to to run and wanting to have more fuel and energy while he was running so sometimes it's these small things of just deciding like you said to read 10 pages a day um or to to commit to a book a month uh or a book every two weeks or a book every week but but just starting to do these commitments and what they do is they motivate you in other areas of your life as well so it's the book may just be one part of it, and, and then um, uh, that quote you said at the beginning of, of success in the goal, it's a byproduct. It's almost like the starting to read can lead to all sorts of other things that, that happen in your life um, in, in many, many good things. So, yeah, that's, that was my main motivation for, for doing this proj project is just that you never know what, what book. I mean, I could read all 52 books and, and none of them do anything, but I've, I've already had a couple of them where it, it's really sparked something inside of me. And um, just that expectation of going into a book, knowing that this one could be the one that that really uh, that really sparks something in me in me is, is exciting. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and everything you said has been absolutely incredible. And you know, to kind of wrap this up a little bit, uh, we're going to start asking all of our guests the same question to close out with. And sure. and we just thought of it over the weekend. And so you're going to be the first guy we, we ask. And oh, awesome. we may we may kind of put you on the spot here. Um, but kind of to, to connect back to the, the theme of, of this whole podcast and, and, you know, why we're putting this on is we want to bring – we want to bring the voice – of people out there that are doing good things to to the world. And so I'm going to ask you, who's somebody out there doing good things that more people need to know about? Because we want to get them on the podcast. We want to talk <laughs> about them. We want to talk to them. Because honestly, Eric, it, it, what we're doing, we're, we're trying to spread this good. And, you know, having you on, I think, is, is going to be extremely helpful to do that. And, you know, as Mike said, we, we thought of this idea over the weekend to just keep asking who's doing good around you because, you know, this concept of do good and spread good is what we really want to kind of be known for here. Yeah. Um, a, lot of, a lot of different people come to mind. Um, there's one guy that comes to mind. I, I've tried to get in touch with him. I can't even find him anymore. So I, it's maybe not a, a good uh, – one to share because uh, if, you're, if you're trying to, to get them on the on the podcast or something, but well, no, yeah, it doesn't have to be someone in, that's on the show. There was a guy in in high school who was a was a teacher at at my high school that I went to, and he was a he was a lawyer, and he took off two years from being a lawyer to be an English teacher at at my high school, and he was the best teacher I ever had at high school. And I just, I think about him a lot. I mean, he, he could have just kept being a lawyer, making tons of money, but he took two years off to, to teach. And he just had a passion for reading. He had a passion for literature. Um, he had to do things in the class that, I, that I, I remember that challenged me, that helped me with public speaking. Um, and he did, you know, he didn't, he didn't take the courses on how to be a teacher or any of that. He just, he just had a love of, of learning and love of life. 
and I, I, I've tried to find them online. I've tried to, you know, I want to like thank them, but I, I can't even find them. But, uh, but I, I always remember What's his that. Name? I, I just thought that was so cool. It was Mr. McDaniel. I don't know his first name. Uh, I just remember it was Mr. McDaniel. And, um, I, I really appreciated that he took those two years off and I was lucky, lucky enough to, um, to be in his, his uh, class for, for one of those years. But it was just one class out of all the classes of high school, but that's the one I remember the most. And he wasn't even like a, someone that had gone into teaching or anything, but he, he, uh, he had a really big impact on me and, and just did a lot of good for, for all the kids in, in, that, in that course. Are not well known, um, are, not, mm-hmm. are not famous or, or, or all over social media or something, but it's, it's like the teachers that taught taught you how to see something that you you couldn't see before um, and brought you to a level that you didn't think you could you could get to I think those are, are those are those are the people who are doing a lot of good certainly and, and that's a guy that that the world needs more of and that's a guy that the world needs to hear about potentially and you know and, and I think you just you were able to do that just now um, but you know, just to, to again to to wrap it up, I, I think what you're doing is fantastic. I think being able to to take apart a book that's that's so big and to to the lay person maybe a little bit overwhelming, and break it down and and be able to kind of sift through what is the most important thing from these books that that some of the greatest minds have have suggested is is one of the best ways to to grow as a person to and then to be able to pass those those skills along to other people you know is gonna is gonna go a long way obviously you know we're, we're gonna follow this closely uh you know if maybe in a handful of months when you're about to wrap up maybe we get you back on to do like a, a follow-up episode as you know you're you're 40 45 weeks in uh yeah and we can kind of do like a look back to see if if your thoughts have changed, kind of what your best, what your favorite book has been so far, um, but just for our listeners, uh, why don't you tell tell them where they can find you on social media, uh, so that they can check you out as well. Okay, yeah the 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 main hub of everything is the the website, and it's just simply booksoftitans.com. and I. Also, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, and those are both at Books of Titans. Uh, I'm also starting a podcast, and that'll that'll be on the website, but then also um, in iTunes as well. Uh, but I'm starting a podcast with my my brother-in-law for this project, Books of Titans. And my brother-in-law is a, he's a he's a brilliant man. He just got his PhD, and he's going to be reading each of these 52 books as well. And we're going to do one episode per per book. So I think that would also be a really great way for for people to uh, to keep in touch and to to get to get an analysis of, of each of these books. We're going to have a structured set for each of the podcasts. But uh, who who wrote the book? Who who recommended it? And Tools of Titans, um, and then kind of an uh, intro overview, and then really digging deep into the into the book. So I'm excited about that, and I, I think it's going to also help reinforce a lot of the lessons in this book, and we'll be tying together ideas that we see in a lot of the books 
so we've recorded our first two podcast episodes, and once we record our third one, we're going to go ahead and release it and then start doing one one a week. That's awesome. Uh, so between the, the website and, and uh, Instagram, Twitter, and then uh, the, the podcast will be available soon. And I also have a newsletter that you can sign up on the, the website to get notified when the podcast is out, uh, what books I'm reading, uh, where I'm at in the pro- process. And at the very end, I, I would love to come back on, like you mentioned. Uh, at the very end, I'm also going to put together a list of my favorite books in, in order. Uh, so the 52 books, I'm going to rank them on which ones I enjoyed the most. Uh, I'm keeping a running list right now. So that uh, I, I do have uh, the things I carried at the top of the list right now. And we'll see we'll see where it ends up. We'll see if that one stays at the top or if, uh, if another one bumps that, that down along the way. And one one other quick thing we want to add to towards the end of these is uh, we're going to be if on on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, or even our our Gmail. Submit any questions that you want to ask uh, onto the podcast, whether it's to our guests or to or us, and we'll answer them towards the end of the show. So we haven't implemented that yet. We're going to start that for now uh, for our next episode. So um, you can find us on Twitter uh, at good podcast underscore uh, Instagram is at good underscore podcast shadow. Why aren't they the same? Uh, yeah, I, I made the Twitter. Tom made the Instagram. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, yeah, we'll change it up. He's like the we'll, we'll change it up. He's like the, the, the he's like the director of communications is trying to confuse everyone here. But yeah. in any event, if you want to send us a question, um, the the we'll put it in the show notes. This so it'll be a little easier for you to see. With that, Eric, I, I I can't thank you enough. I think that it was awesome to have you on. Uh, like Shavas said, we, we love what you're doing, and um, look forward to following you and and talk talk when you're getting closer to, uh, towards the end of this journey you're on. So. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the Books of Titans podcast. Once again, we will be back next week with one of our regular episodes, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Until then, thanks for listening. I made this.